This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we have five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. We live in Idaho. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast each week helps me to receive more personal revelation for myself and for my family. Join me each week as I share thoughts that I have as I study with the Come Follow Me manual from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we are studying Alma chapters 13 through 16, continuing the story of Alma and Amulek and their mission and what happens to them and also what happens to the people who live in Ammonihah where they're teaching. And of course Alma and Amulek finish their message and they get thrown into prison. Those who believe on their words, the men are kicked out of the city, the women and children are burned in a fire and so are the scriptures. And Alma and Amulek are miraculously freed from prison through the power of God. And all the wicked lawyers and chief judges that are in the prison are killed. And Alma and Amulek go into a neighboring city and there they find the righteous men who were kicked out. And among them is Zeezrom who used to be a wicked lawyer but has since repented. And Alma heals him through the power of the priesthood and they are able to establish a church there. So in my reading this week, I didn't really write a lot of notes, but I've been doing a lot of thinking as I read and pondering and had some really personal inspirations and and thoughts that came to me. And I've just been wondering what to discuss here today and trying to think about the examples of Alma and Amulek. They suffered a lot as they were striving to be righteous and so did the other righteous people who were in the city of Ammonihah. And I I got a lot of insights from watching the Book of Mormon videos that go along with this part of the Book of Mormon. It just helped me to consider other perspectives as I watched it, and so that was really helpful to me. But to see the anguish of Alma and Amulek, especially of Amulek, as the people were being consumed by the fire, and Amulek just wants to help them. He wants to use the power of God that they have to free these people, and and they cannot because the Lord has a different will. and. I think about how difficult that must have been for him. He undoubtedly knew these people, or at least some of them, I'm sure, depending on how large the city was, but he was a well-known person in the community, and so to see these people suffer, not only did he know they were righteous people, but he might have personally known them. And to have that kind of persecution, but to not turn on Heavenly Father, but to turn towards him in those moments. It was an inspirational thing to realize that as we go through difficult things, and sometimes we suffer despite our best efforts and through no fault of our own, if we'll remember to turn towards Heavenly Father, he will help us and lift us up in those times that we really need extra help, which happens often in our lives. We are in constant need of Heavenly Father and His help, and it's through those trying times that we especially recognize that, and we can really grow the most, I think.
Sometimes being a disciple requires sacrifice and suffering. It is interesting to note that Amulek has all of the worldly things he could want to be happy. He has wealth. He is well-known, I think probably very liked. He has a lot of family and friends, and he just has a lot going for him in the city of Ammonihah. And when he makes those changes necessary in his life and aligns his will with Heavenly Fathers and heads out on this mission with Alma, he has to sacrifice a, pretty much all of that. He loses his home and I'm sure his worldly possessions. He is turned out by his father and family and friends and likely anybody in his family that was faithful was killed in the fire or kicked out and he is kicked out like I said and he just gives everything up and I was thinking about what he gains in return and from a worldly perspective it's like nothing but from an eternal perspective it's everything he gains a testimony which he's is able to strengthen he is able to find joy in his life and also as he sees others make changes in their lives he has the joy of that missionary work and service he gains friends who will support him and stand by him even in difficult times and he has a relationship with his Heavenly Father and he is supported through that relationship during his hard times we haven't been asked to give up all the things that Amulek had to give up for the gospel at least I haven't but one thing the manual asked is what are you willing to sacrifice in order to become a more faithful disciple and that question really brought me up short this week and I thought what am I willing to sacrifice in order to become a more faithful disciple and it really got me to thinking more on a spiritual level are there spiritual sins or things that I'm not fully aligning my will with Heavenly Fathers that I could that I could make changes in my life too and I really was able to see things in a different perspective and to analyze those things that Heavenly Father wants me to change in my life. Difficult though they can be, Heavenly Father is there to help us as we're willing to sacrifice and to change our will to be an eternal will with Heavenly Fathers. So that was really good thoughtful insights, I guess you could say, that I've had this week. Alma chapter 13 is where Alma is discussing more about the church, the doctrine of Christ, and also he talks a lot about the priesthood, and he mentions the word rest a lot, and talking about the rest of the Lord. And I love that thought that it's not just resting because sometimes life is crazy and we don't get a break but when we take the time to study our scriptures and to pray and to develop our relationship with Heavenly Father then we can rest in him even though we can't control our physical surroundings we can still have that peace also in chapter 13 he talks about becoming clean again, repenting and having the atonement cleanse our lives and our spirits. And it made me think a lot about a mud run that our family did last summer. I saw an advertisement for it on 
a social media account this week and so it's, it kind of made me think about it and remember it was so fun my family decided we wanted to do it the kids everybody so we signed up and we went to this big open area sandy and lots of dirt and they had added water everywhere and obstacles and we started the race and you just go through mud and these pits full of muddy water and you have to crawl under barbed wire and, and it was so fun but we finished the race and we were filthy like just covered our whole bodies were covered in mud and dried dirt and some of it still wet and it was just all over and it was so fun but we got done and I said okay let's go home and wash up and I thought wait a minute we came to this race it was like a 25 30 minute drive and we had come in my SUV because that's where we had enough seats for everybody but I didn't want everybody getting in the car in these filthy clothes which is something I hadn't thought about when we left for the race but now that it was time to go home and everybody was hot everybody was tired and thirsty and we just needed to go home but I was at this dilemma I didn't want the inside of my car to be this dirty. It was gonna take me forever to clean it out. But it was a public place, so it wasn't like we could just strip down and jump in the car. It ended up being very difficult to get everybody cleaned up enough that they could get in the car. And it just is what I was thinking about as I was thinking about our sins and about the atonement. Sometimes some sins seem like a great idea and seem like a good time, but when when we get to the other side of it and we're standing in front of where we want to go, spiritually speaking, we can't get there because we are covered in dirt and mud and we just don't want to get everything dirty around us. We don't want to spread that dirt, but it's so hard to get off, especially where we were in the, where we were by the car. We didn't have a hose. We didn't have soap or showers or anything. It was really hard to get that dirt off and when we don't utilize the atonement in our lives, it's the same thing for us. We have no way of getting that dirt off of us. And we remain dirty and we can try to brush it off as best we can, but really, without the atonement, we can't fully cleanse ourselves. And it was the same with us in showers. We really couldn't get clean until we came home. We did our best to sit on towels and try not to get stuff dirty. Came home, everybody showered pretty much had to throw away our clothes because they were pretty stained with dirt, which I didn't know could happen, but it definitely does. And we moved forward. So the atonement is really a wonderful, amazing thing in that it can take something that is dirty and stained like our clothes were, but it can turn them white again and clean and pure. And that's really part of what Alma is talking about in chapter 13 in verse 11 where he says their garments were washed white through the blood of the lamb being pure and spotless before God so in chapter 16 we learn about what happened to the people of Ammonihah and in in a, just no time at all their entire city is destroyed and everyone is killed. Um, an army of the Lamanites comes in and just wipes out the whole city. And it becomes this terrible place that people don't even want to go to because of the smell and just the awfulness of the place. And 
I was thinking about that too, because the people of Ammonihah in chapter 9, which during last week's reading, they said in verse 4 of chapter 9, We will not believe thy words, if thou shouldst prophesy that this great city should be destroyed in one day. And yet it was destroyed, but they had a hard time believing it because from all, for all appearances, the city was thriving. It was strong. It was successful. It was rich. There were plenty of opportunities for people. And they, were, they had a lot of things going for them, at least in the worldly sense. And they didn't account for the power of God being able to do all things. But I was thinking about how it appeared that the city was a thriving city, but really it was full of filthiness and sin. Last week on my trail run with my friend, at the top of the run, so we were halfway through and ready to turn around, there was a pretty lake at the top. And when we got to the top and I looked down and I saw this beautiful view, it was gorgeous and the lake was shiny and pretty. And I thought, that is just beautiful. And we got a picture. And my friend said, well, let's take a break. Let's walk down to the lake just for a few minutes and have a snack before we turn around and run back. And so we walked down by the lake and I looked at the lake and the water was so disgusting. It was gross. It was like brown, frothy film all over the top and it was just disgusting. And that was kind of crazy to me because from the top of this little rise where we stopped running, it looked beautiful. And it appeared to be a clean, pretty lake. But when I got up close, I could see that filthiness and it was gross. And I thought, man, I'm, it was cold anyway. And of course we weren't there to swim, but I thought even if I had brought my children on this, they wouldn't have wanted to play in the water. It's gross, nor would I have ever wanted them to be in the water. Which interestingly enough is another good analogy for parenting. We don't want our children in dirty water. Anyway, that's another story for another day. But we, I took a picture of this lake because my, I wanted to show my children and I thought what a great teaching opportunity to show them these two pictures, one that is beautiful and one that is filthy and let them see that sometimes things aren't as they first appear because that's an important lesson for each one of us to learn and I really got that when I was up there running and that I think is probably how the city of Ammonihah was. It seemed to be a great place but really it wasn't it was filthy and Heavenly Father once there were no righteous people in there to pray for it anymore it was destroyed I want to end with this verse in chapter 15 it's verse 18 and it's talking about how Amulek had lost so much and Alma took him to his own home and it says that he did administer unto him in his tribulations and strengthened him in the Lord. And I love that scripture because it reminds us that when we have tribulations and when we're suffering, Heavenly Father will strengthen us and he will give us the strength that we need. Without that strength, we can't do what we need to do sometimes. But when we rely on the Lord, he strengthens us spiritually and physically and allows us to do those things that we need to do and we can find rest in the Lord as we turn to him through our difficult times and I have found that true in my own life and I love when I read the scriptures because I see it over and over again in the examples that are here in the scriptures as well next week 
we are going to study Alma chapters 17 through 22. Have a great week.